You're listening to Sourced with Stu Finer. Nine sourced with your source, Stu Finer. I'm Stu Finer. You're fucking not, obviously, on a lot of levels. And we are ready to roll on this gloomy, cloudy, rainy Columbus Day, October 9th. I do not know if the Yankees will be playing tonight at Yankee Stadium against the Cleveland Indians. Yankees were about to get swept out of the building, and now all of a sudden the series is 2-1 with a lot of hope for the New York Yankees, and I have the Yankees losing this series. I have the Indians winning the World Series for 2017, but it would not hurt me for the Yankees to win Game 4 at home, which I think they will, and force a Game 5 in Cleveland, where Corey Kluber, their ace of their staff, will try to close the door as he got absolutely shelled in his first playoff game against the Yankees, and we'll see if his redemption will be the closing game. If there is a Game 5, which I'm predicting, there will be a Game 5. So today on this Columbus Day, obviously Columbus Day's fairs throughout the country, at least on the East Coast, were either rained out or extremely rainy, and I would say there's probably nothing worse in the fucking world than watching a parade in the fucking rain. I've seen a lot of parades in my day in the rain, and they suck cock. Fucking absolutely horrible. The only thing good thing about today is it's about 75 to 80 degrees, so you're not freezing your fucking dick off or your clit off watching the parade if it is raining. So we get to Columbus Day, and we're ready to roll. And now, as time flies, especially when you get older and at 56, every day goes fucking fast for me. It's action-packed, but just season into season, holiday into holiday, month into month, just fucking flies. That's why when you're young, take advantage of being young, Take advantage of enjoying your life, being with people you fucking love, eating a lot of fucking ass, licking a lot of clit, and fucking like you're me, like you have my almost 10-inch dick, like you're Stu Finer. And again, a lot of people say, Stu, what are you so obsessed with your ass? Well, again, when you're making love, a lot easier for a guy to come than a girl. A lot easier for a man to come than a woman. A man can pretty much come in someone's mouth, in someone's ass, in someone's pussy, anywhere between a minute to, if you're me, 30 minutes to an hour. So the woman really has to be prepped up. You can't just slam, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Really doesn't fucking work. So I have a system 
My system is foolproof. My system for making a woman come like it's Niagara fucking Falls has been foolproof since about, for me, 1981, where I became a motherfucking stud. Like everyone else, when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, up until 20, I was just looking to come. I wasn't looking to give a fuck about my partner. Fuck my partner. I want to come. And if the partner's great, I want to come twice. And if the partner is epic, woo, let's throw a party three times. Now, in my case, for a woman to make me come twice, I shoot my first load, then she has to lick my ball sack, she has to separate my ball sack with her tongue, and she's got to suck my fucking cock like it makes her life is on the line. Like if she doesn't suck my cock right, her whole family and her lineage is going to be fucking wiped out. Then I shoot my second fucking load. Third load, my ass has to be eaten. Third load, my ass has to be eaten, and then I'm good for three comes. And for some reason, I have the God-given ability to come like a quarter cottage cheese. My first load is spitting, it's cottage cheese, it's all over the fucking place. My second load, a little looser, but still very pungent and very impressive. And again, if you're gonna eat my ass, that third load will spit and spit hard and spit long. And again, pretty much, you're gonna give me a round of a fucking applause. You're gonna go, holy fuck, that's amazing. Of course it's amazing. That's why I'm still fucking fighter. So, I say my system is foolproof, which is, first of all, before you fuck a woman, before you fuck your girl, before you fuck your lover, you have to talk. You gotta talk because you gotta calm the woman down. Because guys, it doesn't matter. There could be a fire. There could be, the world is coming to an end. They could be bombing your house. They could be killing your family. But if your dick's hard and you wanna come, you're gonna fucking come. For a woman, direct opposite. A woman, the way to make a woman come is through her heart and through her head. That's not a man. A man has no heart. His brain is only worried about coming and he does not give a fuck about anybody or anything. Guys, you know this is true. You fucking know it. A woman, much more complicated, much more sensitive. They have hearts. They have brains. They give a fuck about things that men could give a fuck about. Could care less. No one cares if you're a man. You want to come. You want to come now. You want to come yesterday. And really, you don't give a fuck about anything else. A woman, much different story. So, my foolproof plan to making a woman come, and it's simple. If you want to grab a pen, write it fucking down. If you want to memorize this, it's like the fucking Bible. It's the Bible of coming. First of all, you start off with, how is your day? Now, no one gives a fuck how the partner's day is. Neither do I. I don't fucking care. But you got to say it. You got to play the part. You got to act as if, act as if you give a fuck. Because really, you only give a fuck about coming. But you might as well have a great session. And she might as well come with you too. So here's how it's going to work. You start off with, how is your day? 
Then you could go into a coma for about 10 minutes because the woman then starts talking for 10 minutes and you don't really give a fuck. Most of you don't fucking care. I understand I've been there. I've been there. But you let your partner get it out. Get it fucking out. Whether she's complaining about her job, her life, her friends, her parents, whatever the fuck it is. Let it get out. Let it get out. Then she's in a calming state. Good. Good. Makes your job easier. Remember, it makes your job easier. That's number one. So, start it off with how is your day? Let her get it out, men. Let her get it out. Flow it out. Ten minutes. After about ten minutes, if she's still talking, then you got to make a move here. You immediately start tongue kissing. Then you tongue kiss, start kissing her neck, start whispering great things in her ear. Has to be positive. Like, I don't care if you lie, because most of you are liars, like men are liars, men are scum, we know that, we know what we are. We're on this planet to have fun, enjoy life, and come. And we're selfish, we're about as selfish as we can get. We understand this, okay? We know who we are, we know what we are. Be men, that's what men are. Okay, so then you start whispering things in her ear like, wow, you're amazing. Wow, you're the best. Wow, you make me feel like no one has ever made me feel. Wow, you are unbelievable. Wow, you are so special. Butter her up. Butter her up like she's a Thanksgiving turkey, basking in oil, basking in the gravy. That's what we're talking about right now. Butter her up. Get a feeling good about herself. Because women have been fucked in this country so bad, fucked in this world so bad, so abused that their guards are up. Men, their guards aren't up. Their dick is hard. They want to spit cum all day. I'm a man. I know this. You're telling me something I don't know. I know this. But again, a woman, much more complicated. So again, have to calm her down. 10 minutes is the, is the fucking, that's it. 10 minutes. 10 minutes, it's all you can take before you put a gun in your mouth and kill yourself, 10 minutes. Then you start tongue kissing, immediately. I don't care if it's in mid-sentence, if she's telling you that her grandmother has cancer, terminally ill, gonna die, tongue kiss, 10 minutes. That's the rule, 10 fucking minutes. So at nine minutes and 45 seconds, be ready. Make sure your breath smells good. Make sure your mouth is wet, your tongue is moist. Go fucking in. I don't give a fuck if she's talking funerals. I don't care what she's talking about. I don't care if she has to cure for cancer and she's about to write it down. Tongue kiss the woman, shut her the fuck up. And that's the truth. Start tongue kissing. Then you're gonna say positive reinforcing things. Again, you're the amazing, you're the best, unbelievable, never felt like this, wow, I feel great, I love you, I'm so happy, I'm so special, I've never felt like this. Bang, 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 bang! Bang it out! Start licking each ear, start licking each ear, that's what you do. Then you go down and start rubbing her thighs, rubbing her thighs, Turn her over and eat her ass. 
Normally, ass eating should be 10 to 15 minutes. Now, here's the trick. Here's the fucking trick. And this is a trick. And I really shouldn't be telling everybody this, but fuck it! You're listening to Sauce with Stu Finer. You're spending your time with me, your hard-earned time. I know how competitive my industry is. Podcast industry, everybody's got a podcast. So thank you. I'm going to give you all my secrets. If after about six minutes, she's moaning, she's so horny, they normally will immediately have their hands start playing with their pussy. No, 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 no. Grab those hands. Not allowed. Not allowed. If you have to, put your fingers between her fingers and clamp her hands tight. While you're eating our ass still, you have to practice this. Practice it alone. I don't give a fuck. Buy a balloon. Practice it. Her hands cannot touch her pussy. Cannot touch her pussy. You clamp her hands. Then she cannot move. You're eating her ass. You're clamping her hands. Then normally, if you're eating the ass right, her thighs will start rubbing together that she will try to have friction against her own clitoris. Then you know, you gotta, baby! You gotta! So I would say ass eating is a minimum 10 minutes. Could go 15. If you love it, you can go for 30. But do not let her hands touch her pussy. If you want to make a rule, you can release her hands and let her play with her nipples. Let her put her fingers in her mouth. No touching the pussy. Because the pussy is going to be in your mouth. And the clitoris is going to explode in your mouth. So after about 15 minutes, you want to go down on that clitoris. And then it will explode like Niagara Falls. And you're going to hear. And listen, you can't be upset at me if you hear. Oh, Stu Finer. Oh, Stu, do it to me. Oh, Stu, you're the best. Because odds are I probably fucked your girl. I probably have fucked your mother. I probably have fucked your sister. I probably have fucked your grandmother. I probably have fucked your daughter. It's the way it is. I'm Stu Finer, you're fucking not. So then you're on that clitoris and then she's coming. And then of course now you're ready to roll. You wanna finger fuck the pussy and you wanna finger fuck the ass simultaneously. Now some women are tight. You're only gonna get two, three fingers in that pussy. Some women are tight in the ass. You're only gonna get your thumb up the ass, maybe your forefinger up the ass, maybe two fingers up the ass, but you wanna simultaneously lick the clitoris, finger fuck the pussy, finger fuck the ass for about 10 minutes. And then she's probably gonna pull away because she's gonna be sensitive, she's gonna come because of your ass work, because of your ass work, because of your preparation, because of talking to her, calming her down, because of the positive reinforcement. You're a king, you're a god, you're ready to roll. And then you go in and fuck. And you could fuck hard, you could fuck soft, and you blow your load and it won't matter. It won't matter because you've done your work, you've done your preparation, you've done your job. Great job, guys. Great work. That's how to fuck. That's the bottom line. So, to start of Columbus Day, as Columbus himself raped, 
pillaged the entire country, especially the Indian community that he absolutely destroyed. Guy was a fucking ruthless criminal. Like, for example, if there was the internet today, there would be no Columbus Day. Maybe we would be hanging Columbus in the street. He would be in jail. He would be in lockdown. You wouldn't be reading about Harvey Weinstein destroying his life, making Ashley Judd watch him take a shower, because you'd be talking about Columbus raping and pillaging and killing everybody that he came here and conquered. Another day, another story. Let's get back to the point. The point is this. I'd like to take you back to 1982. And I'd like to take you back to when I started my business. When I started my company called Profit Line Sports. P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Profit Line Sports. And obviously I wanted to make myself be a profit because if you could predict the future, if you could predict what happens on a sporting event before it happens, you're a profit! You can see the future. Almost like magic. God-like. So I thought the name was apropos Profit Line Sports. And my background, obviously with selling drugs, selling concert tickets in 9th, 10th, and 11th grade. And my first real job was working for a company selling unsold airtime for radio stations. Back in the 80s, there was a ton of radio stations starting, and they needed airtime being sold. Everybody did not have money and did not know the radio was the keys to the kingdom and did not know that radio advertising was so lucrative and so positive. So you had to literally solicit people. And I worked for a company that sold unsold airtime to radio stations. And we would get on the phone and pitch the owners of companies. We'd call up, we'd call up gas stations. We'd call up beauty parlors. We would call up restaurants. We would call up tire supply places. Any business you can think of, we would call up and randomly start pitching them, saying we work for a radio station and we want to put them on the radio and this is what it would sound like. And we would just wing it. We'd throw a sales pitch, and they would give us canned things to say. They would give us pitches that they wrote down in advance, and you would read them to the people. You know, like a beauty salon, you know, we would just pitch them. So that was my upbringing into sales, into being able to perform, into able to have balls and just go at it with people. Okay, then I worked for a company selling office supplies, and I sold all-purpose cleaners, odor granules, maintenance chemicals throughout the country. And you'd get on the phone and you'd throw a pitch and you would try to get the person on the phone who had fucking the purchase order 
power, and that was the person you needed because to get paid, you needed a purchase order in the early 80s. They had to write a purchase order, and then you eventually got paid in 30, 60, 90 days. That's how it worked. So in those days, you did not get paid immediately. You There was no PayPal. There was no Venmo. There was no Square Cash. There was no method of, give me your fucking credit card. I'm going to whack it. Because in those days, you would have to deliver product. They'd have to like the product. They'd have to use the product. And then they paid you in 30, 60, 90 days. That's just how it worked. And everybody worked on credit. That's really how the world worked in the early 80s. So I became a telephone salesman by trade in 11th and 12th grade. So when I opened my business in 1982 with the sports advisory business, I had a pretty solid background into telephone sales. And what worked for me always is to control the conversation. You see, now in 2017, totally different. Now you have to cater to the customer. If you do not kiss ass on the customer, if you're not respectful to the customer, you do not have any business. You don't have customers. In the early 80s, we were taught to treat the customer like a fucking dog, like a piece of shit, like they were dirt shit and we were God. And we were taught this. We were taught this and that's how I learned my business. So when I started in 1982, I wrote a manual for how I thought that the salesman that I'm training would be able to sell my product. And I came up with three key words that work to this day still. It stood the test of time. Listen, listen, listen. Shuts the customer up gets the customer's attention. Listen, 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 listen. Not listen to me, not listen to what I have to say, not can you please stop talking. One word, listen, 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 listen. Well, Stu, what if the customer didn't stop talking? I kept going, listen, 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 listen. Till the fucking person hung up the phone, I'd recall him right fucking back. Speed dial, right fucking back. Because remember then, there was only one phone in the business, there was only one phone in the house, there was no cell phones, you're not hiding. You have to answer the phone. So you had the consumer by the dick, by the clit, by the fucking ball sack, by the hair on their fucking pussy. They're going nowhere. You throw them into a corner, you fucking got them, and you close the deal. Listen! Listen! Listen, 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 listen. Listen, 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 listen. Gets the customer's attention. Take control of the conversation. And to this day, right now, anytime you want to close a woman, close a man, close a deal, close anything, one word. Listen, listen, listen. Gets the person's attention, shuts the person up. Then, action. Let's go, action. What's the next action? Do this! Do this! Do this! Do this! Listen, do this! Listen, do this! Do this! Do this! You want to tell the person exactly what you want them to do. 
but you won't, you don't want to start talking too much. Because I used to put an egg timer on everybody's fucking desk, and we wound it to eight minutes. After eight minutes, the Stu Fighter rule of thumb is this. If you cannot close the sale in eight minutes, you're never closing the sale. You got to give your name, company name, phone number, get off the fucking phone. So it was listen, 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 do this, 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 do this. So now we have the two keywords. We have listen and we have do this. And then we have the close. And then we have the close. And you don't ask it as a question. You ask it as a statement. You statement it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it's, listen, do this, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. And that's how you fucking control the conversation. So the three key words that have stood the test of time, that still to this day, anything you want to do in life, anything you want to get accomplished, anytime you want to present yourself, whether it's picking up a man or a woman, in a classroom, getting the teacher's attention, or getting your students' attention, or getting your friends' attention, or getting your parents' attention, or performing in life, whether it's comedy, whether it's satire, whether you work for a church, you work for a synagogue, you want to start your own fucking religion, anything you do, whether you're doing a podcast, you're doing a YouTube video, you're fucking doing a Snapchat, you're doing on Instagram, listen! Do this! Fair enough. So, when I was training people in the early 80s, if they could not perfect those three words, you never fucking made it past day one. Never made it past day one. Now, let me tell you how I ran the interview, first of all, because it was absolutely fucking psycho. It was beyond psycho. First of all, I would make everybody come at the exact same time. So, let's say I'm training. I'd have run an ad in Newsday for sales help. And it would say like something like, make 600 to 5,000 a week selling sports information. And then I gave medical, I gave dental, I gave two weeks paid vacation. I gave it all because I had a business that made a lot of money because I was extremely good at what I did. So I had a line around my block. So when I ran an ad, we had like 20 or 30 people. 40 people, and I made them show up at the same fucking time. So everybody saw the competition was incredible. And I put them in a little teeny room where they smelt themselves. They smelt each other. And I would always say, I'd come out and I'd say, listen, I'm only taking two of you. And there would be like 40 people in the room. So now, literally, I would take the first person, close the door, and eight people would leave because they didn't have any dick or any balls or any confidence, and they were not there to compete. They were there to show up and see if somebody could give them a fucking handout in life, like they were going to win the lottery. Like, all of a sudden, they were going to be useless and incompetent with no talent, and all of a sudden, get a job! What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me or something? So anyway, so let's say 20% of the people would fucking leave the minute I saw the first person, and that's how I liked it. Because I needed confident people. I needed go-getters. But I needed people that would do exactly like I told them to do to the letter. See, I wanted sheep. 
and I wanted to tell them exactly how to make it work. I didn't give a fuck what they did for a living. I didn't care what they brought to the table. I didn't give a flying fuck about the resume because it was great. When someone came and sat down at my table and they gave me their resume, do you know what I did? Right in front of them. I shredded it right in front of them. I ripped it up into like five or six pieces and I threw it in the garbage. And I said to them, I don't give a flying fuck what you've done in the past. Means nothing to me. I don't give a fuck. What I give a fuck is that you follow verbatim, word for word, what I'm gonna tell you to do, what I'm gonna tell you to say, how I'm gonna tell you to do it, how I'm gonna tell you to say it. Do you understand me? And then you had assholes that said, well, I was the top salesman at this company and I was the top salesman at that company and I was amazing at that company. And I would immediately say, listen, listen, listen. If you were that fucking good, you wouldn't need a fucking job jerk off. And I'd literally say jerk off right to their fucking face. And some people would say, well, I'm out of here. And I would say, have a good life, goodbye. And I would say 50% of people I'd blow out in the first minute that I shredded their fucking resume. Because they were so pissed because they only had one resume. Because I was only one of 12 people they were going to fucking see. And if they couldn't get the job, they some people asked for the resume back. So I hated that. So I learned immediately after day three, I shred the resume. I ripped it fucking up. Ripped it up, put it in a fucking garbage can. Fuck you. Fuck you! Fuck you! So, if they worked past the resume and... I ripped their resume up and they didn't blink and they didn't give a fuck. We went to stage two. And I simply asked them a question. I said to them, and this is critical, getting excited. My dick is hard bringing me back to this because fuck did I love this. I loved it. And oh, by the way, in the interview, I was about 250 pounds. I smelt like pot. I half the time were wearing my pajamas. Pajamas! Fucking pajamas like a fucking psycho. Like I was you fucking half the, like I was Howard Hughes. But fucking if people can make 600 to 5,000 a week, they didn't give a fuck what I looked like or what I smelt like. They wanted to make the fucking money. That was more than their parents made, their grandparents made. That was what people made in a month, in two months, in three months. I was telling them they could make in a week, and I was not lying. I was sure as fuck not lying. I was not lying because I had a fucking booming business with a booming plan. I had the best leads, and I had me running the fucking joint, and I was the greatest salesman that ever lived. I could hype someone to jump out a window and kill themselves. I could tell them to jump in front of a fucking train because I was that good because I am a great hyper, as you know. Confidence flows through my body, through you, and you'll do whatever the fuck I want you to do. Whatever I want you to do, because I'm stupid and you're fucking not. So, I would say to the person, if yourself and your mother and your father were on a boat in the ocean and the boat capsized, who would you save? Let me repeat that. If you're on a boat in the ocean, it's you, your mother, and your father, and the boat capsized, who would you save? And there's only one answer to this question that I'm looking for. There's only one. And then everybody would have a different answer. People would say, wow, 
That's a tough question. I, I really can't even answer that. And I would go, all right, but this job ain't for you, goodbye. And I'd literally throw him the fuck out of the office. And then other people would go, wow, I love my mother. I love my father. I don't know. Well, all right, this job ain't for you, goodbye. And I would literally say, goodbye, goodbye. Like a psycho, like a Hitler, like a Nazi. Like right now, I could never do what I did in, in 1982. I could never do it. I'd be in jail. There's no, I'd be fucking in jail for breaking so many fucking laws. So many laws, it wouldn't even be fucking funny. Then you could do whatever the fuck you want. So then some people would say, well, I hate my father. Absolutely saved my mother. Okay, this job ain't for you. Bye-bye. I hate my mother. I love my father. Well, this job ain't for you. Bye-bye. I'd save them both. Wow. This job ain't for you. Bye-bye. So now you know the answer I'm looking for. I don't give a fuck about your mother. If she's drowning and water's going in her nose and her eyes roll back in her fucking head. I don't give a fuck about your father either. Your father's taking water through his mouth and he's gurgling. Fuck him. Fuck your mother. Fuck your father. What's the answer, folks? What's the answer? I don't give a fuck about my mother. I don't give a fuck about my father. I'm saving myself. I'm saving myself. That's what I'm looking to do, Stu. I'm saving my ass, myself. Fuck my mother. Fuck my father. If they can't help themselves, fuck them. You've got the job. You've got the job. That's it. Now, if you want to take it a step further, the greatest answer I've ever heard was I would save myself and with the dead bodies of my mother and father, I would cut them up and use them for chum so that I can attract a fish, kill the fish so I can eat the fish while I'm in the fucking boat waiting to be saved. Bingo! Give that guy the gold medal! He's won the Olympics! That's the answer. So, if yourself, your mother, your father are in a boat, in the ocean, boat capsized, you better fucking say, I don't give a fuck about my mother and father. I'm going to save myself. Because I'm looking for someone that has no conscience. I'm looking for someone that is cold as ice. I'm looking for someone that follows direction. Direction meaning whatever I say, they're not going to think they're going to do. I'm looking for flat out stone cold, ice cold killers on the telephone. So that's the first question I asked. And pretty much that would eliminate 95% of the people in the room. Because 95% of the people are never going to say that. Because 95% of the people are human. Have a conscience. Have a heart have some integrity, have some intelligence. In the early 80s, in my industry, I was not looking for any of those qualities. I was looking for ruthless, stone-cold killers to get on the fucking phone and get the fucking money, get the money from the people. And this is the really scary thing about my industry, folks, and this is God 
honest truth. And you could take this to your grave because I'm Stu Finer. If I don't know who does, I know my industry. These people are degenerates. They're scum that own sports services. They're low lifes. They still practice the things I taught in 1982 to this day. That's why I say all these people that advertise on the radio are whores, liars, and scum. They're only looking to rob you and leave you for dead. All these people that advertise on TV, they're whores, liars, and scum. All these people that advertise in newspapers are whores, liars, and scum. They have a 20, 30, 40-man phone operation. They're looking to make money. They don't give a fuck about you. They're going to give both sides of games. They're going to just rob you. They're going to rob you. Then in 1983, I wrote a brilliant pitch, a pitch that was fucking brilliant. And the pitch said, hey, listen, I will set up an appointment with the boss. And I don't know if I could let you into this pitch. I don't know if I could let you into this slot. I got to wait until either someone dies, someone quits, someone gets fired, so I can put you into the slot. So you'd set this in motion. And this again, this again, am I proud of this? No, but it's 1983. It's not 2017. It's not, it wasn't even 1997. It was 1983. 1983. So now I would get the customer's beak wet. I would get them wet. I'd get them excited. Then all of a sudden, the next day, all of a sudden, slots open. You'd speak to the boss and we'd go from a $200 sale, $100 opening sale, and all of a sudden we're trying to hit you for $5,000, $10,000, $50,000, $100,000, 200000 And that's what we did. Because people thought the more money you paid, the more information you would get, the better information you get, which is total fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. My games for $29, $59, $79, $100, $200 are better than anybody's games that are charging $1,000, $10,000, $100,000, $1,000,000. Anybody who gives you some bullshit story, hey, there's a slot open, you can speak to my boss. It's called the boss pitch. I wrote it in 1983. People are still using it in 2017. So that's what I'm saying. Don't ever, 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 ever call a sports service. If you cannot text the person and cut a deal without talking, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Because you are so vulnerable as a consumer. You want to believe what the person's saying, that you're so vulnerable to get robbed, to get sold, because they're going to tell you everything you want to hear. They're going to tell you everything you want to believe. And there is no inside information. No one knows jack shit. These people are con artists and scams. Similar to what I was doing in 82 and 83. 82 and 83. I invented this. I invented this. I have a system that worked in 82, 83. But I was fucking 21 years old. I'm 56 now. I haven't done these methods in almost 35 fucking years. But people still do them now. And they still work as people are suckers. Hey, I heard you're on the radio. Hey, you've won 18 in a row. Hey, you sound great. Hey, can I get the free game? What do you mean it's not free? It's free as a bonus if you pay. Well, that's not, oh, okay, all right, here's my credit card. Oh, okay, oh, so these are not the real games. I gotta speak to someone else. Then you speak to a third person, then all of a sudden you're getting hit for 10, 20, 30,000. You don't even know what the fuck's going on. And you get murdered anyway. So, 
in the early 80s, I used to teach my salesmen, never let the customer talk when you are speaking. Never, ever, 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 ever. Never. Direct opposite of what it is now. You're going to text someone. You're going to call me. You're going to text me. You're going to ask me a million questions. I'm going to answer all your questions. Plain and simple. If I don't answer your questions, you're not going to fucking pay me. If I don't answer your questions to your liking, you're not going to fucking pay. That's simple. So I have to cater to your needs. Now we're in a consumer-friendly world. Thank God. Great for the consumer. Then you can throw the guy into the fucking corner. You could just rob the person because it didn't matter. We were looking to make money. So this training, I trained hundreds of people. And then they stole my training notes and they trained hundreds of people. And then they, they, those people stole from them and they trained hundreds of people. So there's thousands of people right now in the industry working off my training notes from 1982. And they're using, listen, do this, fair enough. Never let the customer talk when you're closing a sale. They're buying you and buying your enthusiasm, no matter what. Keep yourself in control. The customer's dog shit. You are God. If they don't like it, hang up, tell them to fuck themselves. That's what worked in 1982. That's how I ran the fucking business. So now, after you pass the interview, after you pass the boat in the ocean, and you said you don't give a flying fuck about your mother or father, you saved yourself, Let's try to work. So then I gave them a pitch. I gave them a pitch. Simple pitch. Pitch telling about what it was all about. So similar if I had a pitch right now for Stu Finer, it would go, well, yeah, hi, this is Stu Finer. Uh, I don't know if you know me, but uh, Al Pacino played me in the movie Two for the Money, and Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey and Jeremy Piven were on my sports advisor's show in the movie Two for the Money. Al Pacino played me, Rene Russo played my wife, Matthew McConaughey played a disgruntled and salesman that worked for me from 1990 to 95 and 97 to 2005. And I also wrote a book about my life called Betcha I Can. We have a system that combines computer analysis, personal handicapping, internet late-breaking information. We give it to our scouts and our sources, and they provide back to us personalized information that's not available to the general public. That's private information that we only get. Bullshit! 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 Now, of course, I taught tonight. Now, remember, this is 1982. Tonight! Tonight, something special. Tonight, I will never, ever, 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 ever have a game so strong in my fucking life, in my career. Tonight, if you never bet another game again, tonight's the game, tonight's the night. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking serious? Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That's what it's called. It's called fucking bullshit. But that's what we did. Fucking 21-year-old kid looking to make money, looking to make a sale. That's how I was taught to sell the all-purpose cleaners, odor granules, maintenance chemicals, office supplies, closed food. That's how I was taught to sell unsold airtime on radio stations, and that's what I fucking did. Okay.
And people are still doing this in 2017 now. That's why I'm trying to educate you. I'm trying to give you knowledge. Knowledge is power. Never be a sucker. The worst thing in the world to be in life is a sucker, to be taking advantage of. Do not let yourself believe anything. You believe nothing what you hear and half of what you see. Nothing what you hear. Nothing. Zero. Never, ever, ever. Because someone says something means absolutely nothing. That doesn't mean it's fact. That means 99% of the time it's bullshit. The world is full of shit. People are scum. People are not nice. People do not help you. People don't give a fuck about you. And that's the bottom line. People are selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed, and they give a fuck about themselves. Not you. Not you. Not you. So, that's what I used to teach people, and that's what people still do now. That's what they do fucking now. That's what I'm trying to educate you. Please be careful. Don't believe anything you hear in any walk of life. Doesn't matter if it's sports. Doesn't matter if it's your teacher teaching it to you. I don't give a fuck. He's telling you that the sky's blue. Well, fucking you find that out for yourself. Just because someone says it's a fact does not mean it's a fact. It does not. It never has. Nothing what you see, nothing what you hear, half of what you see. Believe nothing what you hear half of what you see. And it has to be up to you to do your due diligence. And if someone's pressuring you to do something, it's probably the wrong thing to do. Whether you're buying a car, you're buying food, you're buying clothes, you're buying sports information. If someone is pressuring you, I would never do it. Never, ever, ever fucking do it. There's always tomorrow. There's always next day. There's always next week. There's always next month. Big deal, you don't bet a game that night. Big deal, you don't buy a car. A new deal is gonna come the next day. Bigger and better, that's how it works. So don't be stupid, don't be naive, don't be a sucker. Part of Stu Nation means that you are not a sucker, that you take responsibility for your life for yourself. That's what being part of Stu Nation is all fucking about. Okay, so if you want to be part of Stu Nation, if you've never paid me, you don't have to. If the first time you're listening to me now, welcome. Welcome to the real world. I'm the voice of truth. I'm the voice of reason. Do you know why? I'm a multi-fucking millionaire. I made it in 1986. 1986. I don't need your fucking money. I don't need your friendship. I don't need your help. I don't need your accolades. And I do not need you to tell me I'm right or wrong. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I used to be a people pleaser. I used to really care about what people think. That is decades and decades ago. Because I learned that that is absolutely a way to have the fucking worst life possible. Ever, 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 ever. So again, listen to me. I'm trying to educate you to help you in every walk of your fucking life. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's with your mother, your father, your church, your synagogue, God, your school, anything you do. You believe nothing what you hear, half of what you see, and you take responsibility for your fucking life. Okay? If someone fucks you, it's your fault, not theirs. You trusted the wrong people. Trust no one. Trust yourself. That's the bottom fucking line.
Especially, can I just go back in my business? Trust fucking nobody. The people in my business, the lowest form of scum you've ever seen. First of all, 90% of them are fucking drug addicts. Thieves, whores, liars. 90%. And then out of the 10% that are good, 90% of them charge way too much money. And they're full of shit. And they fucking scheme about their records and do all sorts of shit. Again, you're best served with someone that tells the fucking truth that doesn't need your money. That's me. Now, you don't want to pay me. I don't give a fuck. I don't need your money. But at least if you do pay me, at least you know you're only paying Stu Finer, and I'm the only person you're going to talk to besides my son, Alex Finer. Two-man operation. I had 200-man phone room. I had it for 20 years. I know what we did. I know how it works. I know the ins and outs of everything. I know every scam that's ever been done because I wrote the scams in 1981, 1982, 1983, and people are still using them now. To this day. So if you get robbed, you get cheated, you get fucking robbed, it's your fault. If someone tells you they could set you up with a bookmaker, red flag, red flag, red flag, you're going to get robbed. The bookmaker's him. He's robbing you on both ends. He's going to take your bets. When you lose, he gets paid. When he wins, he's going to fucking not pay you and get for information. Again, these are scams. If you say to a person, hey, let me see where you bet, and they show you a website, it's fake. When they show you they have a million dollars in an account, it's fake. When they show you that they bet 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 a game, it's fake. When they tell you they got superstars and other people that pay them, it's bullshit. They're bullshitting you. They're trying to rob you. Don't be robbed. Be intelligent. Have patience. Always say, let me think about it. And if the person pressures you, click. If someone pressures you, you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. You need someone to say, okay, no problem. Hey, take your time. I'm here every day, every week, every month. Take your time. And make sure you check the person out. Make sure you know that it's the right person. Nothing wrong with asking someone who they are. Is it their real name? Where did they live? Where they went to college? Where they went to high school? Nothing wrong with that. You're giving someone your money in any walk of life. Nothing wrong with that. If they don't like it, fuck them. Fuck them. There's a million people doing a million different things in this world. You can find the right people. There's plenty of people that are integrity-based like me, that are directly honest like me, that have your best interest in heart. Okay? Now, whether it goes good or not, especially in my business, it's gambling, I cannot guarantee jack shit. Do I think I'm better than anybody that's ever done this business ever? Yes. Do I have a documented record to prove, especially in my big games, especially on championship games, where I've won 11 of 13 championship games, and it's documented on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook? Yes, yes, yes. Do I have a free pick record that's better than anybody in the fucking world? Yes. Gave it to Carolina Panthers yesterday outright over the Detroit Lions. Winner, winner, winner. I'm 35 games over 500 on my free picks, and everyone has been on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook beforehand. Now I put them on Snapchat beforehand, not after the fact. Why am I getting almost a million views on Snapchat? Why do I have 17,000 clients right now on Snapchat that watch me on anywhere between 30 to 60 to 90 snaps a fucking day? Whether I fucking take my news day in, my fucking daily news, I talk to my fucking mailbox, I take a shit on my black bathroom. 
People watch me take a shit. You know why? Because I'm fucking funny. They watch me roll around my $2 million house. They watch me go to over 200 concerts a year and spend a quarter of a million to a half million dollars on entertainment because they want to be me, because they like me, because I'm an icon, because I'm a living legend. So at least you know you're getting your bang for your buck when you pay Stu Finer, and I'm honest. And my knowledge is second to none on everything. Do I know every player? No, I don't need to. Do I know every player what they're going to do before it happens? No one does. But I know how to read the line. I know where the fucking money's going. I know where the sharp money's going. And that's what you need to fucking know. So again, let's go back to my training. So again, after you pass the three questions, and after I give you a script, I make you scream at the top of your lungs, listen, do this, fair enough. And then I make you read the script. And then you have to close like a motherfucker. Again, going back to the close. Never let the customer talk when you're closing a sale. They buy you and your enthusiasm. So then I would run a, cl I would run a class where every day for two weeks, I'd have 20 to 40 people a day, and I'd pick two. So then after two weeks, I would have about 15 people that I really like. Because even some of the people that I liked at the beginning... They were late for work, they couldn't come, blah, blah. I immediately fire them. No second chances. Immediately fire them because if someone is going to be late at the beginning, they're going to be late always. That's how I work. That's how I believe. And that's what it is. And if I lost some good people, fuck it. I didn't care at the time. So I'd have a training class and I give you a script and I teach you your job is like an actor. You're like the people on Days of My Life all my children, one life to live. And I'm dating myself a little bit because that's what happened in 1982. And I would make you scream at the top of your lungs with 15 people in a room reading a script for four fucking hours. I would then take all my salesmen that work for me and walk around you and scream and spit in your ear to try to get you off your script. Because I taught you to never let a distraction bother you. And I use this exact example. I said, if a woman comes in who's a 10, drop dead naked, fingering herself with a vibrator, putting it in her pussy, pulling it out, and you could taste it, you would have to fucking ignore her. Because that is how intense I wanted you to be. You had to be laser sharp, laser focused, on the motherfucking phone. On the phone! That's it! You're in your cubicle. I give you leads. Leads are coming in left and right because I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on advertising. 1984 was the first on ESPN. 1985, I ran full-page ads in USA Today, and I had double strip ads in the New York Daily News, Chicago Sun-Times, Boston Herald. Back to back to back. The three biggest newspapers in the country at the time. And then when I was on TV, I had the best TV show, the number one TV show in the world. So I was always able to get leads coming in, incoming leads. Other places were cold calling. Other papers, other places would be stealing leads or giving you a phone book and saying, figure out who gambles here. So when you work for me, not only did you have me behind you, but you really had fucking leads. And every one of my salesmen, right out of the box, first week we made 600 to 1,000. Second week you made 1,000 to 2,000. Third week you're making three to 5,000 a week. You were really rolling. I gave you a top commission. I gave you all your medical, your dental. I gave you two weeks vacation pay based on your 52-year cycle. So let's say if you average 2,000 a week for 52 weeks during your vacation pay, 
I gave you 2000 a week out of my pocket. If you were amazing, I gave you a month off. And I gave it to you right out of my pocket, whatever your weekly pay average, that's what I fucking gave you. So it was an amazing job. It was unbelievable. Then if I liked you every night, you were going out with me to every restaurant, every sporting event in the fucking world. Everywhere. We went everywhere. And I brought everybody with me. Everybody. So it was the dream fucking job. So now, you passed the three questions. You were able to say, listen, do this fair enough. You were able to close like a motherfucker. You were able to take the abuse of all my salesmen spitting on you, screaming in your ear. You were laser focused. You went home every night. You studied your material. You came home the next day with, next day, and came into the office like a balls of stone. Couldn't wait to show me how good you are. Couldn't wait. And I made everybody work for at least two weeks actually going over their material yelling it out loud. So when you were on the phone, you were chomping at the bit. When you get on that fucking phone, you were an animal. You knew exactly what to do and how to do it. Confidence flowed through your body, through the phone, into the customer. And the customer wanted to believe what you're saying. And I taught people, your job starts when the customer says no. Your job starts when the customer says, no way, no how, never, 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 no, 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 maybe, no, all right, I'll do it. No way, you're never getting me, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, uh, okay, I'll give you a shot. No, I've never, I've done this so many times, I, I've gotten burned, no, no, all right, I'll give you a shot. And that's how it worked. So I taught people, your job starts when the person says no. That's when your job starts. What the fuck do I need you to for to read a pitch and the guy gives the money? Anybody could do that. I could have a retard do that. I could have someone who's brain dead do that. I need someone when their job uh, is understood that it starts when the person says, no way, never, you're never getting your money, you're wasting my time, you're wasting your time, you sound great, but I'm not giving you the money. That's when your job starts. That's when you go for the jugular. That's when you again reiterate, remember this is 1982, 1983, let me just bring you back. Your job starts when the guy says, fuck you. No way, never, ever, ever, I'm not doing it. That's when your job starts. That's when the fight comes in. So those are the type of people that I needed, that I wanted. Okay, so let's say you pass the test and let's say you're ready to start. I abused you further. Then I put you in a room and then there was, let's say, 10 of you that were fucking amazing. And I had to do it because I just had to do it. I had to do it. Then I put all 10 against each other. And I said, I'm only taking five of you. You're all great. You all should be working for me, but I don't got room. I'm only taking five of you. Five of you right now. So we're going to have a test and everybody would have to call my top salesman on the phone. And my top salesman would just abuse the fuck out of the people. He'd just keep hanging up on them, hanging up on them, hanging up on them, hanging up on them. And whoever did not crack and whoever did not snap, that's who I took. And I let five people go. So then I'd have five people out of, let's say, a class of, let's say, I started with 200 interviews, down to 40 people, down to 20 people, down to 10 people. Now we have five killers. And that's how I stocked my office. So I had an office that was absolutely fucking killer. And it was fucking crazy. So I was also a stickler on you cannot ever, ever, ever be late. If you're telling me 
that you're going to be somewhere in advance and you're going to be late, that's fine. But if you all of a sudden randomly are late, you're fucking going to have serious fucking problems because you don't want to lose a job that you're making two to 5,000 a week. Look, in 1982, 1983, that was probably worth a million dollars a year right now. It's probably a $20,000 minimum a week job right now. So think about it, folks. What would you do for a $20,000 a week job right now? Guaranteed 20000 All you have to do is show up, dial a phone for 50 hours a, a week, roughly eight hours a day, six days a week. I gave you either Tuesday or Wednesday off. And you didn't have to pay for leads. You didn't have to find leads. You just had to sit there and dial a phone. Huh. You would fucking do anything, right? Absolutely. And so did these people. So my best story was when my top salesman went to Europe and we gave this guy, this guy was making like 400,000 a year, 8,000 a week. And he was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I gave him four weeks pay, 32,000. He went to Europe, supposed to be away for 30 days. He takes 36 days. So the 36th day he comes in thinking, hey, everything's okay. I'm the top guy. I'm his best guy. What is he going to do to me? Well, this is what I did to this motherfucking scumbag. The minute he came in, I had my two salesmen tackle him. And again, remember, this is 1984. Now I'd be in jail for this. No issue about it. My two best salesmen tackled him. Tackled him. We put handcuffs on him. We dragged him downstairs and we handcuffed him to a dumpster. And prior to that, because he called me and told me he's coming in, and of course I was sweet as pie because I knew what the fuck I was going to do to this scumbag. Prior to this, we went to Wallbaum's and we got 140 dozen eggs. Not a dozen! Not 10 dozen! Not 40 dozen! 140 dozen eggs. And I'll never forget it. Had like six people with me. And, and the people at the counter were like, what are you doing? And I said, we're feeding the homeless. We're making an omelet. And the people were like, wow, that's so nice. And we're hysterical laughing because, you know, we were pretty much scum. And we were just hysterical laughing. 140 dozen eggs. We put them in the dumpster. We, we, excuse me. We handcuff him to the dumpster. He has no idea what's going on. We face him. And then all of a sudden, we nail him with 140 dozen eggs. And first, the rule was I told people, don't hit him in the face. And the first thing I did is took an egg and smashed him in his fucking face. And then that was it. And I'll tell you, after about 70 dozen eggs, hit this fucking kid. Hit this kid, okay? Everybody, all six of us, it was six people doing it. I think definitely we pulled our rotator cuffs. We, we needed rotator cuff surgery because after a while, I was just, we had to just go over right to the kid, take a dozen eggs and smash them right over his head because you couldn't throw any more eggs. You just couldn't throw any more eggs. This fucking kid was soaking wet with eggs. It smelled horrible. How we didn't get arrested and in jail or someone see this and call the cops, we were hysterical laughing. At the time, I had a 60-man operation. So we had, it was me plus five my top salesmen doing the dirty work. And then we had 50 people just sitting there hysterical laughing, just literally dying laughing, peeing in their pants. Now, then there was no cell phones. Then God, could you imagine now? Imagine snapping that now. Could you imagine I'd be getting, I'd have a hundred million views. I'd have more, I'd have a billion views. I'd have more 
fucking views than Bruno Mars, motherfucker. But it was fucking hysterical. I mean, it was one of the greatest things I ever remember. And I, I'm telling you, my hand, because we played in a championship softball game like four days later and we got fucking destroyed because nobody had any arms. We couldn't even move our fucking arms. I'm telling you, my fucking shoulder hurt for weeks on end. Weeks and weeks and weeks on end from throwing eggs because they're, they're fucking like, they're light eggs. So after you wing, you know, you know, it's this isn't Halloween. You're not throwing like a dozen eggs at one of your friends. You're throwing a hundred and thirty dozen eggs. It was egg after egg after egg after egg. This went on for hours. So if you fucked with us and if you were late, that was one story. The other story was when I owned a building, we hung the person. Uh, it was a two-story building. It was uh, 5,000 square feet, two floors. And we used to hang out on the top of the roof every Saturday and Sunday and eat Kentucky Fried Chicken because you're right across the street from the Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I would warn the Kentucky Fried Chicken, hey, listen, we're coming in. We need a ton of chicken. And we would order hundreds of dollars worth of Kentucky Fried Chicken, hundreds. We'd just go on the roof and get a suntan and hang out. So again, one of my guys goes away for the weekend with his girl to Atlantic City. And he was one of my top guys. He told me three months in advance. It was his girl, it was his her uh birthday, blah, blah. I let him go. Okay. So he leaves on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he's supposed to come back Monday. Monday calls me, tells me he has a bender, he'll be in late Monday. Okay, doesn't come in Monday. Doesn't come in Tuesday. Doesn't come in Wednesday. Comes in Thursday. With this whole to-do story about got in a fight with her, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Again, two of my salesmen grab the fucking guy. We duct tape his entire body. We duct tape everything on his body. His hands to his side, his legs together, and we duct tape him all the way around. Literally duct tape him right up to his neck. The only thing you could see is his face. He's duct taped. He can't move. If you needed to shit, he's shitting right in his pants. He needed to piss right in his fucking pants. Bring him up to the top of the building and we hang him out a fucking, uh, right out the roof, right down on the roof for two hours. And we just take pensy pinky balls. Like when you used to, when you used to play with like that little pensy pinky, the little sponge ball. And we fucking had, I bought like 40 sponge balls and my guys just kept nailing him in his fucking head with the sponge balls. We would just fucking well his fucking head with the sponge balls. Literally for almost 45 fucking minutes. There was welts on this kid's head for fucking weeks. Weeks. I'd be in jail right now. I'd be doing two to five. It would, I don't even know what I'd be doing. I mean, it would be unbelievable. But then no one ever ratted me out because they wanted the fucking job. This guy at the time is making about $310,000 a year. It's like $6,000 a week in the early 80s. Again, equivalent to $20,000 now a week. Maybe fucking more. And again, it was just so fucking funny because these balls are missing him, hitting a concrete building, like all over the fucking place. It was absolutely one of the funniest fucking things you've ever seen in your life. And it took us almost three hours to take the fucking duct tape off this fucking guy. We had to cut it with scissors. We had to cut it with razors. His body was like, had welts on it. We ripped all the hair off his arms. It was a fucking bad scene. But then again, 
those days, it's almost like hazing now where you join a fraternity or sorority and they abuse you. You know, my kids have, have joined fraternities. I know what it is. They make you fucking run six miles naked in 20 degree weather. They make you do push-ups for two hours while they're dumping ice on your head. Everybody whips out their dick and pisses on you. You have to drink piss. You have to do crazy shit. So it's similar to that in the early 80s. Well, now you're not even allowed to do that because, you know, people die and people get sick and then there's a whole to do. But it's pretty much that type of mentality. But in the early 80s, oh my God, anything fucking went. You could do whatever the fuck you want anytime you want. So when you worked for me, you had the world by the balls. But if you fucked up, you got hit with 130 dozen eggs or you had balls thrown at your fucking head. And you better be cold as ice and you better be able to watch your mother and father drown and not give a flying fuck. So those are my stories in the 80s, baby. So again, I'm still out of my fucking mind. I'm still psycho. I'm still drop dead gorgeous, drop dead sexy with almost a 10 inch dick. I can still at 56 years old, thank God, because I get a shot every two weeks on my fucking ass. Fuck like a 18 year old, fuck like a 20 year old, fuck like a porn star. I'm Stu Finer and you're fucking not. Follow me on Snapchat, Stu Finer. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Stu Finer. Follow me on Twitter, Stu Source. At StuFiner.com, you can go and buy the games directly online from me. I also have two ways to get all my merchandise. I have a new Stu Nation shirt that is an amazing shirt. I have flags coming out that say Eclit, Lick, Ass, and Fuck. And I have a beautiful Stu Nation flag that should be well before November. They'll be online. I also have a store, BeLikeStu.com. So you can buy my merchandise at BeLikeStu.com or at StuFiner.com. You just click Stu Store. And I have about 2,000 videos on YouTube that are drop-dead fucking funny. Every day I do videos. I'm fucking so funny on Snapchat. It's the reason I have 17,000 snappers that follow me on anywhere between 30 to 80 snaps a day. I let you in my life. You can talk to me. My private cell phone is on my website. I think you'll enjoy any story I have. I will help you in life. I'm excellent at picking baseball, college and pro football, college and pro basketball. Am I going to win every day? Of course not. Am I going to win overall? Fuck yes. I've done it for almost 40 years, almost 40 fucking years. And when I catch a good solid winning streak, we fucking make a ton of money. And when I catch a really ugly losing streak, you cut down your bets and you have to have staying power. You can't bet hard. You have to bet in control. You have to have a bankroll that you could lose 20 bets in a roll. You have to have a bankroll that you know that you could sustain a losing streak because anybody could have a winning streak and anybody could look great. But what happens when it turns bad? You got to know how to handle it. How you deal with losing is equally important as how you deal with winning. How you deal with losing is equally as important as how you deal with winning. So again, thank you for spending time with me. Have an amazing Columbus Day. I love you. God bless you. And remember, eat that fucking ass. Lick that clip. 
and fuck like Stu Finer. Well, almost fuck like Stu Finer because I'm Stu Finer! You're fucking!